Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since yesterday. Yesterday, we had a perfect show, great dialogue, amazing guests, uh, unbelievable rhythm, everything you could want in a show. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just perfect. We mesh and resonate so well with one another, and um, I sure do love my panel, I will say that. I hope everybody's day so far is going well, going accordingly. Uh, like always, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are all amazing. Uh, the show is listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. Also remember, in about a month, I will be releasing the 24-7 network I've been talking about, many notable names doing their own shows. Uh, Stay tuned for more announcements on that. I understand we've had uh, kind of, um, it's it's been delayed, I know, and I apologize for that, but uh, there's been some things really that that needed to be finalized on. um, So so we're getting that taken care of. It's, you know, it's on track. So, uh, yeah. So it's, that, you know, I'm relieved, you know, for, for a few months there, it uh, was kind of on the back burner, but now uh, we're back in action, baby. It's go time. It's game time. Uh, let's see here. As you know, I just started my uh, AM radio show national uh, on Sunday. You can hear it on 1100 AM. Uh, they, they recently changed the day though uh, from Sunday to Saturday. So you can hear me every Saturday 8 p.m. Eastern, 1100 a.m. radio. Um, you know, it's, it's a very exciting opportunity, and uh, I'm glad everybody's supporting me on that gig. Uh, you know, it's, it's huge. So if you're in your car driving, you can turn it right on. Fun, fun stuff. Lots of plans for the future of this show. Um, like I said to everybody, I'll still be doing my online radio show three, three nights a week as usual. All shows will be two hours. But, you know, people have been wondering, and uh, – Obviously, not everybody knows, but um, I have the. I just started this last week. Like I said, the, I'll have a show once a week on AM radio that you guys can listen to uh, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And like I said, I'll still be doing all my three nights a week shows on, on the Internet. So total will be four, four shows a week. It's a lot of shows. So uh, I'm up for the challenge of, you know, like I said, radio podcast has become a routine for me. It's become my livelihood. It's become a pattern. It's become something that um, I just have become, you know, a huge natural at. I, I, have a, I have a voice for it. I improvise so well, and I've been told I have the voice. And, uh, you know, I, I, lo- I love this whole system, how we can all speak our voice and we all have a platform. And I'm noticing more and more every day, you got all these up-and-comers, co- up you know, these, these talented individuals coming out with their own podcast, shining light, getting, getting the message out there. And, you know, kudos to them, really. Kudos to them. God bless them. It's, it's, uh, it's evolved. This industry has evolved like no other. Uh, it's, it's so useful. Such a, such a, um, a smart outlet to, uh, you know, take advantage of opportunity. That's for sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's introduce the panel. A lot to get to tonight, everybody. A lot to get to. I, I'm very excited. Big day in the media. A lot of, a lot of breaking reports. Uh, first of all, I will introduce... I believe he's with us right now. We have 
retired Army paratrooper, Iraq and Afghan vet, activist, White House military office, and currently 2020 U.S. House candidate uh, for, co- for Congress, uh, Todd McHenry. How are you, sir? Rory, what's going on, my friend? It's been a little while. I'm glad I'm back on the show. You've got your energy up, my friend. I'm going to feed off it tonight, brother. All right, man. Well, it's always good to have you here. And you're for sure running, right? I mean, I know you were like 98% sure. Are you Are you pretty much sure now? Well, yeah, it's 99%. And there, there's a few few reasons why we haven't announced. And there's a and I could talk to you offline about that as to why, but you know we're 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 playing the game as we as we say and uh, moving forward as we speak. And uh, you know in, in the coming month or two, we're going to announce something official and let everybody know what we're going to be doing. Sounds good, my friend. Well, I'm really really rooting for you, and I you know I love your insight. I love you on my panel, and uh, you know I'm, I'm you know I have my fingers crossed. I think you'd be great in D.C. helping our president. I agree. I appreciate it. And, and you know, our president needs all the help he can get right now. And we need to kick out the lukewarm Republicans that are up there that are on the fence, uh, you know, scared to stand behind him and, and move forward with him. Uh, you know, I, I think we need to get rid of a lot of those folks and help drain the swamp uh, even more, my friend. Absolutely. Amen, brother. Amen. Big show tonight, though. Very happy to have you involved. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Absolutely. Uh, let's also welcome to the show, I, th- I believe he's on with us, we have, um, just popping up across the screen, a comedian, actor, and political junkie, Topher Frank. Topher, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Rory, man. I'm so excited. Thank you again for having, having me back on the show. Man, I'm so happy, uh, so proud of your success that you've been having, man. It's been really, really awesome. Um, Thanks, buddy. A lot of stuff to go over. Totally looking forward to this, bro. Absolutely, man. Let's also welcome to the show. I, I believe we have him with us. Give me one second. I need to wait for it to pop across the screen. I believe we have with us right now is Vir- Virgil Lane. Are you with us, buddy? Political activist Virgil Lane. Are you with us? I am here. How are you doing tonight, Roy? I'm doing very well, sir. Glad to have you on the show uh, finally. And, uh, you know, this is this is really cool. Thank you, thank you for coming on. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, um, there's not very many um, African Americans on on talk radio, and uh, but you know, we do need a voice, and you know, I'm I'm going to do the best I can to represent that. Uh, but you know, the the fact is is that this this president is doing more for African Americans than any other president in history and let's yeah. make that perfectly clear. Uh, so, uh, that, that, you that's know, where I'm coming really from. Is. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity. It's very, very important that we be heard, uh, especially on the conservative side, you know, you know, all the notable people, but you know, this president is being charged with something, uh, that he's not being charged for. And, you know, the thing is you can't, put somebody on trial unless you file charges against them, right? Okay, so they're they're putting this president on trial without any charges whatsoever, and they're doing it because they know if they have a vote and they vote to impeach, he will be able to call witnesses, he will be able to present evidence, and a lot of people will go down, and most of them will have D's behind their name. So we all know what the deal is. We all know what time it is. So, 
if we if we can move forward from that, uh, he's going to get reelected uh, next year, and and they know that. The, the Neanderthal Al Green, you know, he even said it on CNN. <laughs> you know, he says if we don't impeach him, um, then yeah. he, he's going to get reelected. Well, you know what? That that's true. And you know what? I hope he gets impeached also by the voters because he is a piece of garbage. And where is the Congressional Black Caucus? Where's Jackson? Where's Sharpton? We got a a president that's being railroaded, just like they were railroaded back during Jim Crow. All right? So how come they're not speaking out? Where are they at? So that's that's where I'm at, Roy. Uh, if if that's if that's fine with you, you know we're going to be we're going to be close friends. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. You're referring to Al Green, right? The, the the lunatic that tried to impeach Trump like three to four times or something. Well, I, I refer to him as the Neanderthal. He he could do the Geico commercials, you know. Um, and <laughs> the caveman. He, he, even a caveman can do it. <laughs> Well, exactly. I mean, a, a caveman could do a lot better job at being a congressman than he has, uh, because what he's doing is lying. Him and Cummings and all the rest of the ones oh, yeah. that are kowtowing to the liberal establishment, the white socialist establishment, I should say. And believe me, Pelosi's not pulling the strings. It's Obama and Hillary. They're telling her what oh, yeah. to do. And they're telling her right now, you do not have a vote. Because they know they're going to fall. She knew she was going to hang. She knew that before oh, yeah. before Trump was elected. She told everybody, "We will hang if this guy gets elected." Well, let's get the rope because that, oh, yeah. they they are criminals. And you know what we need right now is law and order, not only in Congress but also on the streets. What's going on there is absolutely ridiculous. It really is. We're going to get into a lot of stuff tonight, so hang tight. I'm going to go through some headlines, and I'm going to get everybody's thoughts on the panel. All righty, everybody. A lot, a lot to get into tonight. I'm just going to read off a few things. Uh, Since I've been off the air yesterday, there's been a few things that have came into the media. Just kind of want to go through these, and then we're going to get into the main stuff. Um, You know, this is something that really crossed my mind today, and it, it totally makes sense. And I was even thinking about this even weeks ago before the reports came out, and I knew how this would affect them. But uh, Democrats in red states are having a rough time uh, defending this impeachment, uh, and we all know why. I mean, we're talking about, you know, people like uh, Kristen Cinema here in Arizona. We're talking about people like Joe Manchin in West Virginia. We're talking about I would even go as far as say as Roy um, Doug Jones in, in Alabama. Doug Jones. I mean, there there are certain moderates that know if they proceed with this and vote for it, it's only going to backfire on them. These, you know, if these people really want to call themselves true moderates, you know, and and I'm not worried about people like Manchin voting for impeachment because a guy like that won't. Uh, I already know Manchin's style. There's no way he would ever be. For impeachment, he's a he's probably more Republican than he is Democrat. Same, same sort of thing with with people like um, you know I, I think Tulsi Gabbard, uh, even though she recently came out and said she was for it, uh, you know just that kind of style. And I only think she said she was for it, and she had to retract after 
she got so much crap from her party for saying, at first, she did not support it. And, you know, in my home state, Kristen Cinema, Arizona, um, she, she, you know, she's a moderate. She's not, she's not for impeachment. So I give kudos to her because, you know, when she first came into office, many thought she was going to be a communist sort of candidate and be so, so far left. But turns out she's really voted with the president many times. And, and liberal groups, progressive groups, are mad at her because she's not liberal enough for them. So, you know, there, like I said, there are these people in these red states, in these areas, that, um, you know, just they're not, they're not, they're not going to go for it. They're just not. And if they do, it's going to backfire. Because these states, these, these Democratic red states, um, a lot of them are the hardworking class, and a lot of them are agreeing with Trump. A lot of them have left the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party has gone so far left, these voters. So, I, you know, it, it, really, it really matters. It really does. All right, um, moving on just a little bit. Um, let's see here. Oh, this is huge news out today. Think about this. More than 2.5 million households are now off food stamps under President Trump. Again, more than 2.5 million. I mean, think about that. We have lowest black unemployment ever, lowest Hispanic unemployment ever, lowest Asian unemployment ever, lowest woman unemployment ever, millions off food stamps, being independent, achieving the American dream, working, actually getting out there and, and being a productive member of society. I mean, just what, what, was, what was happening under Obama was disgusting. I mean, constant poverty, constant food stamps, handouts every step of the way, not allowing adults to be independent, basically telling them, you got kids, you want to keep having kids, you need help, ask the government. It's the total wrong way of doing things. It's, it's not, it was not how, you know, our, our, it's not what our country was founded upon, that's for sure. It's not part of our values or, or our tradition, that, you know, and, and you, can, you can bet on that. Um, you, this, is, this is really good. This is really good. The U.N. is now pleading because they're running out of money. They, they need money. They are broke. The U.N. is broke. I'm, I'm jumping up and down right now because I'm like, hooray, hooray, phew. Thank God. I mean, Trump got us, is, it has got us out of much of this mess, you know, like he said earlier before. People got to pay their fair share. People have these other countries. You know, the U.S. pays all this money, and some countries pay nothing. Other countries pay very little. We are not, like Trump says, we are not supposed to be the world police. We are not supposed to be the piggy bank. Other people need to be held accountable, countries, and they need to pay. They need to pay to play. Otherwise, forget about it. Why is the U.S. getting all this money and babysitting and monitoring all these other countries and when we're getting nothing in return, seems pretty unfair to me. And the U.N. is really struggling. So this is perfect strategy by Trump. He's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. You know, he knew that the U.N. was going to go through this. And he said, oh, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens to you when I cut back the spending from the U.S. And sure enough, here it is. They're struggling. They need money. They're going to have to make a deal. I love this. I love this. This is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. In every single way, Trump is putting America first and not letting all these other countries stomp on us like they were with Obama. 
Um, almost to the main stuff, guys. We're just running through a few things. You know, this, this is insane, and this should not be tolerated. Out today, the Minneapolis mayor from Minnesota is trying to stop President Trump from doing his rally on Thursday there. This is what we have in today's society. These radical, hostile, angry politicians who will go to whatever extent to get in the way. They will – they – resist, they, they constantly fight, they constantly are, are bigots, you know, they, they say that they're the anti-fascists, they're the real fascists, they are the real um, scums of the universe, they are the real problem uh, in this country, they've gone so far left, they've gotten so radical, these politicians are acting like these idiotic moron Antifa members, there's no difference. This is terrorism. They're trying to cancel free speech. They're trying to use imit- ah. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, they're trying to use intimidation tactics. They're trying to do everything anti-American to get their point across, to get their agenda pushed. There, there's no, there's no cordial. There's no mutual respect. There's no voice of reason. It's absolutely the craziest I've ever seen it. These people are animals and monsters, these Democrats. And think about everything they want to do to us. They want to take all our rights away. And they want to, they want to spread all this fake news just because it suits their agenda. It's crazy. It's insane. You know, and this, mini, this Democrat Minneapolis mayor, who the hell is he? He's got some nerve. He's got some nerve. Um, here, here's a couple other things. Um, 87 House Republicans now are moving to censure Adam Schiff. So now we have all these people on board acknowledging that Adam Schiff is wrong. And I, I'm glad. We have 87 Republicans now backing the president, understanding what the, the real issue here, and really pointing it out and, and condemning it and call, calling it out for what it is and not, uh, you know, not it, – it's – it's crazy. It, 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 we're, we're living in a, in, a, in a crazy situation where we have politicians fabricating their words and saying whatever they want so it, it can match, you know, what their sheep want and match the narrative. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, this, this, is, this is something really insane. The ACLU. Everybody, the left always wants to say how great the ACLU is how they're such an amazing group, all this crap. You know, they are now suing the Trump administration, taxpayers, for mental health services for illegals. They want to give mental health services to anybody that crosses our border, and they're suing the ACLU. The the ACLU is suing the Trump administration because the Trump administration, like we know, has cut back on all these left-wing regulations. This is insane. We have ACLU sticking up for second-class citizens and trying to get them health services, any one of them that walks across the border. I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm living in the twilight zone. This is, this is insanity. Insanity. And to all, last thing before we get into the main stuff, this is the last headline, uh, it, was, it was revealed at a report yesterday that Chinese cargo ships are now dumping 73% of trash in the Atlantic Ocean. So you have all these climate change 
phonies, you have all these hypocrites, these these morons, these soy boy wimpy liberals saying climate change is the biggest threat on earth. Yeah, why don't you address the main why don't you address the main facts and the main problem? How about start with the trash in the ocean and realize it's not coming from us and start holding other countries accountable. Have them pay their fair share. And you know what? Stop littering at all your global warming events when you guys are walking the street and you guys look like you haven't showered in weeks and you guys are just slobs. How about you guys take care of the streets? And, you know, st- stop coming in your Tahoes and your Escalades and these gas guzzlers and stuff. You know, if you really want to stop it, all these elites should stop fly- flying on private jets, you know? And these, these limousine liberals, they're the biggest idiots and hypocrites and morons on the face of the earth. They'll get out of their limo or, the, or they'll get out of their gas guzzler, get on their private jet, get on their iPhone. They'll, they'll complain and bitch about capitalism. And they'll also say how the global warming is the biggest threat, all while they are doing things that are, 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 are is, is, what, is what they say is, what, is what's causing global warming. They are the problem. I mean, this is, oh, my God, this is textbook, guys. This is textbook. They walk around. They cause chaos. And this is, don't, don't get it twisted. This whole global warming agenda push, it's part of the New World Order. It's part of this Turkish government, this communist government. This is the same sort of stuff Hitler would, would push when, back in his day. He would push a narrative that he would know the, mo- a lot of the population would be obsessed with and something they could convince and spin, and here it is. Here it is. Remember when Al Gore said years ago, sell your oceanfront property. It's going to be underwater in a few years. Really, really outdoor? Because if that were the case, you wouldn't even have banks loaded. If that was the real case. And London would be gone. London would be gone. If they said, well, what they say with this rising sea level, if that's actually true, how they portrayed in the media, London and Florida would have been gone already. From all the reports past, from these past years, many years, they've been calling doomsday for 100 years. And they've been wrong. They've been calling it since the early 1900s. And to be honest with you, there's more polar ice caps in Antarctica right now than ever before. So, uh, you know, and the temperature is not much different than it was millions of years ago. But, you know, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And I'll debate anybody on climate change. I don't care. All right, let's get into this stuff. Main headline tonight. This is big. This is really big. A couple things about this whole witch chart, this investigation, this craziness. Mueller, well, no, I'm going to say that after, but first of all, whistleblower attorneys offered rate discounts for Trump informants and ranted against presidents on social media. So think about this. You You have these attorneys that are representing these whistleblowers that have had it out for the Trump administration. For years, for the last couple of years, this is nothing new. They have been trying to target him and his people. And, and whatever, like I said, if they can get a narrative that they can spin with the mainstream media because they know the mainstream media is on their side, they will push it and push it. This has been going on. We have people in our government that are spying on our president illegally. And getting all this information, sending, sending rats in there. I mean, it, it is disgraceful 
what, what, is, what is going on. And it's not being called out enough. It really isn't. And you know what the mainstream media does? They try to make Trump look crazy. They try to make him look like he's, he's, he's out of control. No. No, it's the people in D.C. It's the swamp that's out of control. It's not the president. The president is absolutely right in everything he says. And do you remember year, a couple of years ago he started saying they were spying on his campaign? And guess what? It, he was right. And guess what the media said a couple of years ago when he first said it? He's crazy. He's making up conspiracy theories. There's no accountability. No accountability whatsoever. Uh, and Democrats are keeping this key impeachment witness transcript, this transcript a secret. They're not even releasing the transcript. After all our, 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 you know, after everything we did, after everything Trump did, released the transcript, showed them, had said, said he had nothing to hide, proved it to them. And like I said, it's never enough for them. We can show them every single piece of document in the world. They'll keep saying it's doctored. They only want to see what they want to see. And they're the biggest hypocrites, and they play the biggest double standard on earth. Now they're not going to release the transcripts. Jesus Christ, these people, these people are insane. Um, okay, but this is, this, is the real, this is the real scary part of, of today's breaking report. It turns out, again, Trump was right. Trump said about a year ago or more, Mueller wanted a job in his administration. Turns out he was right again. Reports come out today, Mueller wanted the FBI, he wanted the FBI job. FBI director. And when he didn't get it, like Trump said, he started pouting, he started losing his shit, and he, and he created this big chaos, and him and his buddies went behind closed doors and started this witch hunt hoax. Make no mistake, this, is, this was planned all along. This was in the making. Millions of dollars spent, hundreds of witnesses interviews, nothing, nothing, nothing. And anybody that got charged involved with the Trump campaign was to, had, to, had to do with stuff before the election, beforehand, before they had anything to do with Donald Trump, way before. So uh, you know what? And think about how unfair this is to the taxpayers. The Democrats think they can win in 2020. They haven't even got, gotten over 2016. Think about that, though. You have Robert Mueller, who's a very powerful person in D.C., you know, start this entire witch hunt. And Trump was right, once again. Play this clip, though, and then we're going to talk about it. This is from today. And then we will be introducing our guests, a lot of guests on tonight. Here we go.
prosecutor in the Russia probe. This one, headed up by veteran prosecutor John Durham, has been extended based on what Durham is finding. He has added staff and agents and his wife to the timeline of the investigation past election day and into the spring of 2017 when Robert Mueller was appointed special counsel. No word on when Durham's investigation would be completed. Fox News has also learned that Mueller was not accurate when he told Congress on July 24 that he was not even fit for the position of FBI director but when he had President Trump at the Oval Office in May of 
You know, Rory, I've got to say, I'm not surprised. You know, any, anything that comes out of D.C. these days, I, I'm honestly not going to be surprised. Uh, any, anything that pops out of this whole Mueller, you know, uh, investigation or post-investigation, I'm honestly not going to be surprised. Uh, you know, the fact is he lied under oath. And, you know, the, the guy, whenever he went up to, uh, to Congress to testify, I mean, he was so frazzled he couldn't even follow his own, his own report. I mean, if you guys remember yeah. that, he couldn't even follow where, where things were written. Because uh, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't even think he even re- re- wrote the report. I don't even think he had anything to do with the investigation. I think he was just along for the ride. He thought, you know what, you, you, you didn't want to give me the FBI. You didn't want to give me this. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do something to take you out. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist type, but you know, the things that right. come out of DC on a daily basis on a daily basis seem to be something something out of you know a, a spy novel or a conspiracy theorist novel or something like that. I mean, you you couldn't write it any better, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, and, and I want to hit on one of your points that you talked about a minute ago with with regards to the UN. You know, it's about time. You think about how much the the United States. Uh, uh, spends on the United uh, Nations every year. We fund about 22 to 24 percent of, of their entire budget every year, and o- only to have these people come from all these different countries to rail against us, to vote against us, uh, to hold us in contempt. Uh, and here we are funding their actions to, to basically call us out, to call us the great Satan, and to basically uh, do things that are not, not in our best interest. So I think it's about time. Let them run out of money. Absolutely. And, and you know firsthand how DC works. I mean, you, you've worked there. And been around there for yeah. many parts of your life. I mean, you were you were, you were I, heavily I have, involved. And you, I have, and I, I could talk a little bit. I mean, I've, I've signed non-disclosure agreements. I'm not a you know deep state operative over here, uh, but I could talk to you a little bit about uh, you know how, how these head of state calls actually go. I, I've been on, a, on 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 many of them. Uh, one of the guys listening in, making sure the line quality is good and. You know things of that nature. Uh, basically, the, the times that the president was on the line, he, he picked up the phone at X amount X time. Uh, he hung up at this time. You know, he, he talked for you know an hour and fifteen minutes, what have you. You know, things of that nature. Uh, you know, and I've got to say, it, you know, it, it, it I, I don't understand how somebody could sit there and, and leak. You know, third hand, mind you, this is all third hand whistleblower stuff. And of course, you know, the Democrats thought, well, we'll get by with some sort of third hand. You know, this was some sort of talk amongst colleagues, uh, and this will be enough for us. Uh, that blew up in their face. So now all of a sudden, they have to come out with this firsthand uh, whistleblower, which is, you know, it, to me, to me, it was expected. Uh, the next thing they're going to come out with is say, oh well, reports say the chief of staff has said this. You know, it's going to be somebody high up in the administration, and it's going to be like. Where in the world has these people actually uh, had they ever said this stuff before? They're going to say, "Oh no, they said it to uh, you know uh, one of our sources, so therefore it's uh, you know re- re- very reliable." They're going next thing they're going to say is, uh, "Donald Trump has has said to one of our sources, you know, that everything that the Democrats have on him is all true." You know, this, this is what they're going to say. It's got tabloid nonsense that you that you see at a grocery store. This is what they're going to be reporting on next because they're going to run out of things. Uh, it's it's not believable. Uh, it, it, it's all nonsense. You knew it was coming. Russia probe blew up in their face, so they had to figure out what was, what's next. So they figured, well, what were Ukraine's next? The next thing after this, by the way, when it blows up in their face, is China. That's going to be the next thing, and they're getting it in the on-deck circle, to borrow a baseball phrase. They're getting it ready, and you, you mark my words. As soon as the Ukraine thing blows up in their face, it's going to be China. And you know, I, I, I'm not surprised. And, and of course, Democrats are, are, you know, if they ever thought they had a chance in 2020, are handing it to Donald Trump. You know what I say? By all means, baby. By all means. 
I love it. I love it. Always, always very well said. And I, and I agree. I mean, they, they, they definitely are hand, handing it to him on a silver platter. He was going to win in 2020, oh, yeah. but they, they just of made course. it so much easier. They just made it yeah, so much in, easier. Instead of, in, instead, instead of him having to hit, you know, from a pitcher, basically they're putting on a tee for him. They're teeing it up for him. Yeah. Time. That, yeah, it's a really good way of putting it. I agree. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go to Gianni. Gianni in New York. Go ahead. I'm sure you've got quite a few thoughts. Yeah, I mean, with the whole Robert Mueller thing, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just so. I think what what I've been watching over the past month is just President Trump has been going through so much with the swamp. If it's not one thing, it's another. It was Russia, now it's Ukraine, and they just keep moving on and on and on. And at uh, the Robert Mueller hearing, you can see he always was saying, you know, things like, "Oh, you know, I don't remember that," or. Uh, where is that at in the report? And it was obvious that he was being told what to say. That's the whole point. So the whole swamp uh, deal is just – I don't know what else to say about it. I mean because it's the same thing over and over and over again. And um, as far as the, the clip you had just played, that was pretty shocking. Like I never knew any of that because I don't really study the whole Russia collusion and all this other stuff you know, too much. But, um, yeah, it's – Pretty crazy, man. But uh, yeah, um, Robert Mueller, I, I don't know what. To, after hearing that clip you just played, like I don't really know how to. Well, he was supposedly lying and stuff. Like I don't know how to respond to that really because, it's, I mean, it's kind of shocking. Because at first, if you know, if anyone was on the show, you know, two months back, you know, I was okay with Robert Mueller because I believe he was going to tell the truth. He was going to exonerate Trump. And in a way, he kind of did exonerate Trump, but at the same time, it's kind of like now this bombshell is coming in, and this is kind of taking me on a you know wild goose chase now to figure out to get to the bottom of that. Um, but yeah, where can we find that clip at? Because I, I really want to watch that and uh, dig into that. Absolutely, I'll get it over to you. I'll send it over to you. Yeah, it's my yeah, it's mind blowing. It definitely is. And um, did you have any other thoughts of? I made. Uh, I talked about some stuff earlier. Did you catch on that? No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I just called in like ten minutes ago, so I'm just not. What did you talk about at first? I didn't get that part. I was just. I was just going through various things. Um, you know, there were there was um, the United Nations was a big one. I talked about a little bit ago how they ran out of they're running out of money and how it's great how Trump has held them accountable. They've been taking advantage of us for so long. Oh yeah. Long. Well, I have I have some thoughts about that. I really I don't like the United Nations because they fund globalism. They do. I mean, I'm just being honest. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the that's really the whole thing. What Trump said, um, he was he said there was a quote. He said that uh, the United States will never, you know, serve globalism. And I agree because globalism is the number one killer of our economy. Globalism funds illegal immigrants to come over so they can get paid for cheap labor, you know, so they don't have to pay American workers. And it's the same thing with globalism working with Wall Street. UN, Wall Street, globalism is both the same thing because what the investors are doing is they're investing in China and putting all their jobs. It makes no sense. I want want you to think about this. It makes absolutely no sense that we got all these tech companies like Apple, Microsoft, all this stuff. We got all this stuff here. But guess what? None of it is manufactured in America. Why? Why is it being manufactured Overseas in China, which we know how that's going right now, and China's economy is blowing, uh, you know, blowing up in the air. Is doing good. Yep. Why? Is because 
they've taken all the manufacturing that we used to have here. If you go to Detroit, you go to the Rust Belt, you go to West Virginia, you go to these places, and you see where all the abandoned factories are. So why can't we do it here? And I think when we let um, uh, China into the World Trade uh, Organization, that's when things start to take a wrong turn. And that is what globalism does. And the Republican Party in particular needs to get rid of the globalists because we still have a few globalists in the Republican Party like the Koch brothers. I'm sorry to, you know, rest in peace to the guy that just uh, passed away. But the truth is the Koch brothers funded funded it also. They were also open borders. And they work with the United Nations. So with the United Nations, we need I, – I really don't like the United Nations at all, you know. But I understand that Trump is going to have to work with them or whatever. But we need to make it clear that all this globalist, one-world agenda is, is not going to happen. I agree. I agree 100 percent. Always always on point. Uh, always love your insight. Thanks, Gianni. Um, let's go to, let's go to uh, Topher Frank in New Mexico. That you got some thoughts, man. Then we'll go to a, then we're gonna to go to a commercial, and then we're going to introduce Tim uh, Faisenbaker, who's running for Congress in Maryland. Excited to talk to him. So, but uh, Topher, go ahead, and then we'll go to commercial. All right. Uh, uh, thank you for giving me the chance right here, real quick. Um, yeah, the whole Robert Mueller thing. I mean. Democrats were building him up, building him up, building him up. Like, oh, he's impeccable. He's he's a man of his word. He's the most incredible guy in the world. And then when he bombed, uh, I don't recall that. I don't remember. What page was that? Yeah, the guy that said it before is completely right. He was coached into that. But Robert Mueller is not an idiot. He's I, it kind of, I kind of feel like he's being held hostage, poor guy. You know? He's being held hostage by all these criminals. I mean, I'm sorry, Democrats that are um, – trying to run the show and the guy the gentleman before me was 100 percent right these guys are globalists you know clinton's um uh, barack obama soros all these guys are globalists they want world domination excuse me i mean the democrats can't they're, they're, they're trying to have it both ways they're, they really are you were 100 percent right when you said that what they're doing you there Topher. Topher. I think we lost him. Yeah, he cut out. Uh, everybody, we'll go to a commercial. Uh, let's see. Let's see if he's – hold on a second. Yeah, he cut out. He'll call back in. We're going to go to commercial, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, Tim Faisenbaker. He's running for Congress in Maryland. Stay with us, everybody. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. 
When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss me, past clips, past episodes, any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA.com. Also, stay tuned for more announcements. In about a month, I will be releasing the new 24-7 network I've been talking about. Many notable names will be doing their own shows. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. And uh, I'm excited, excited. We have a big show. We have a big show with a lot of people on right now, but I want to welcome our guests. We have U.S. Congressional Candidate from Maryland, uh, Tim Fazenbaker. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. And I'd just like to say uh, to all our Jewish brothers and sisters around the world who are celebrating their Day of Atonement, this Yom Kippur, to have an easy fast. So thank you for having me on as well. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Well, great to have you here, my friend. Um, Your first time Mm -hmm. on the show. So when people first come on the show, I like to kind of get a bio from them, how it all started for you, how you got to where you are now, and running for Congress, man. Big stuff. Yeah. So I'm um, Baltimore guy, born and raised. I studied psychology in college. I became an executive in the mental health field at an early age, and that's where I began to really craft my my strategy on how to really get our message, the conservative message, the American message, to people who don't see things our way, because a lot of people were thinking – not logic, not logic based, but more emotionally based. And those, that strategy for that time of my life really helped me to be prepared for what was going on. Uh, I, like I said, I'm from Baltimore, and then I decided to get in a race right before we got the great gift from President Trump, from when he called out Baltimore and really put this on the map. And now Baltimore is one of those seats that we can flip, make it the blueprint of how to flip these socialist-run cities, and we can take back our House of Representatives to support the plan and vision of President Trump and make America great again and and to keep it great. I love it, man. I love it. And um, so are you running in the same district as Cummings? So I'm running – so Baltimore split into three different 
three districts. Cummings best friend okay. is Dutch Ruppersberger, and that is my uh, congressman and the my opponent. And Dutch has been in office for two months longer than I've been alive, and I am 41 years old, just to give you a little bit of how long he's been around. Gee, good God. Good Lord. Oh yes. How, yes. How does this happen? For You know what? I'll, I, I'm just going to say how I feel. I mean, I really think once these people are in there for a while, it's like they automatically mm-hmm. get reelected. It's like they have a an automatic machine, and they have all this these illegal votes, and they have all this money invested from their dark donors, and it's like – it's crazy, isn't it? Yes. Baltimore is a, a very proud city, a lot of blue-collar roots, and the area that really is the heart of this district used to be the steel manufacturing part of the world. And even today, uh, Donald Trump, as a candidate, stopped by a local diner here, and it was packed. This area is former Democrats but that, that tend, tend to vote conservative, and it's still that way here. But this di- district has been gerrymandered so much. Maryland went from having four Republican and four Democrat congressmen to seven Democrat and one Republican, specifically by gerrymandering and just forcing socialism down our throats so that so many people, over almost half the population of Baltimore City alone, have fled from the city and the state is just losing people to neighboring states as well, like the Pennsylvania. So it's, it's been forced down our throats, and this is the time and the opportunity for us to flip this back and to start making Maryland great again as well. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, I want to ask you, so obviously we know Maryland right now is in, in rough shape. I mean, the streets, you know, the, 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 just the, the demographics there. You know what? How obviously it's changed since you've been young, but how much has mm-hmm. it changed? Quite significantly. Yes. So when I was born, they were revitalizing the tourist area called the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, which was led by a Democrat uh, mayor at the time. He became Governor William Donald Schaefer, who was fairly conservative. They revitalized that district, and Baltimore really got got on the map at that time. Things were going pretty well, but the after Donald Schaefer left, they ended up having more socialist policies come back into place, which pushed the the more productive and more conservative type individuals out of the cities into the counties and then out of the state. Since then, the Inner Harbor is one of the – they're having the, the biggest struggles they've ever had with tourism because you have the knockout game going on downtown in, in Baltimore. You have a filthy Chesapeake Bay. You have just crime and drugs, and it's the murder capital of the United States now per capita. The heroin and the, 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 the gangs, it's, it's not safe. People don't, people don't even – we have debates here in Maryland if, if people want to go to the sports stadiums downtown because there's so many times people are mugged and robbed and killed, and it's just it's, it has to be fixed. My pride is in this state and this city, and for our children and for America, this has to be fixed. But it's gone so far off the rails that it's in a bad, bad state. You have one thing that is correlating to all of this, and that is the corruption of these politicians that have been there forever. Just like other states like California, this has been going on under their watch. And I, I say to everybody, 
Is it time? Have you had enough? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And are you guys, uh, you know, dealing with that? Because I'm from, you know, I live in Arizona now. I've lived in Arizona about seven years, but I'm originally from Seattle. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, Seattle is such a beautiful city. I, I haven't been back in a couple of years, but when I was last there about, when I was last in Seattle about three years ago, feces on the ground, needles on the ground, tents everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't even recognize downtown Seattle. It's sad because I grew up in such a beautiful place, and now it looks like a third world country. Is downtown Baltimore the same? It is the same. Uh, besides being the murder capital uh, of, of the United States, I believe we are still the syphilis capital as well. There are drugs everywhere. There's most of West Baltimore and, and many portions of South Baltimore are just dangerous areas. It's you wouldn't want to raise a child, let alone live, live in those areas. It's just it's just bad. Now I have to give props to Arizona. I was just there uh, this past weekend at Trump stock, and it was it, Arizona is one of the most beautiful states. And what scares me is all the, the all the people coming from different states, the neighboring states that are more socialist, fleeing to Arizona. Right. I don't I right. don't want to see like what Texas. happens to Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's no, you, have, you have a great point, and, and I love what you're saying because Texas is getting a lot of Democrats that are moving there too, and now there's uh, experts, you know, in the commentators on, on different channels saying Texas could turn blue in 2024. Think about that. If that actually happens, we're all screwed. Same with Arizona. Yep. I mean, it's, it, we can't allow it. Um, but continue, though. Sorry, I know you, you had some thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're seeing – we're seeing evidence of the socialist-run states and the cities, and their policies fail. So they do things like gentrification, where they push out uh, their more problematic individuals, and they try to revitalize these areas. And when they do that, the people flee to meet this, the more conservative states that are that are in good shape. And then we see this flip, where you have these great states become bastions of liberalism because they, these people take what they know with them to these states, and they ruin it. And you know, even here on the East Coast, you have you know great states like Florida that has such migration from states like New York, and the people come down there yep. and they water it down. And that's what we have to be cognizant of. The good thing is there are areas like the Rust Belt where a lot of conservatives stayed that now those states are possibly swing states generally when they were going for Democrats for the longest time. So the balance of power may shift. But I want everybody to remember this is evidence that socialist policies destroy the conservative policies are in these great states where there is great success. And don't you think, though, you know, I'm not going to say in every aspect or every situation, but don't you think in a lot of them, don't you think the reason some of these Democrats are getting power in some of these areas is because of gerrymandering and voter fraud? Definitely, yes. So I – my family is definitely from uh, well, from Western Maryland, which is part of Appalachia, and it was always conservative, and it has nothing in common necessarily with Baltimore or other parts of the state because this, these are the mountain regions. Well, and about about ten years ago, they decided that when they gerrymandered everything before, they were going to put yeah. parts of Montgomery County, which is northern Washington D.C., with Western right. Maryland. The two towns have nothing in common. But it flipped Western Maryland, and it's just this gerrymandering that goes on to create power, and it happens with both parties. 
but it's abused so much that it really takes away the representation of the people. And it, it, here I always say it's these politicians pick their voters. The voters aren't being able to pick the, their leaders. We got to stop. We got to stop that somehow and, and have fair representation with the people that these people are supposed to represent. Yeah, and, you know, I talk about this on my show all the time. You know, D.C. and these politicians have lost the way of we the people. You know, they forgot the fact that they work for us. It's too much of me, 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 me. And it's, out, it's only their self-interest that they care about. They care about getting rich, and they want to talk down, and they want to refer to us as peasants. I mean, these people are, are evil. I mean, it's the whole game of these politicians. I'm not going to say all politicians, but I'm going to say more than not. You know what I mean? And people like Cummings, who, who, who represents, you know, one of the districts in Maryland. I mean, this, he's a scumbag. And you have people like that in charge who are corrupt as hell. And it's not being dealt with, you know? Yes, and it it continues, but I, I do see promise because Ruppersberger, the congressman that I'm challenging, he's best friends yeah. with Cummings. He stands by Cummings. Yeah, he stood up for him when President Trump called him out. Well, Ruppersberger used to consider himself a moderate, and there were some things that he was somewhat moderate on, but he always was more moderate of a Moderate on what? Like, like what with the economy? He would stand. He would stand more for the defense sector, and that's where his main donors are. But because uh, we have two major military bases within this district, he would tend to vote with Republicans on those matters in terms of war and defense spending and military spending. But he's okay. afraid, and a lot of a lot of congressional people out there are afraid of an AOC type primary challenge to, from the far left. So they've been moving far far to the left. Ruppersberger stood for impeachment of, of President Trump. He stood for the Green New Deal, and this opens the opportunity for someone like myself who's conservative but is more of an American first type individual to reach across the middle and, and go right down there and say, look, we may not agree on everything, but you know myself and many candidates like myself, we have your right. family and your children's interest at heart, and we want you to come here because what do you have to lose? Have you had enough? And many are starting to come over, so right. it's it's and, promising. You know, and I like I like what you just said there because you know what I've been talking quite a bit on my show, and I make this point all the time: is that these moderates, these real moderates in our in our country, are you know they may not like everything Trump does, but it's a hell of a lot better than voting for de- Democrat far left communism. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. I see happening. I see a lot of the old school moderates going to Trump, even though, you know, they don't agree with everything, but they agree with a lot of it. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's better than the new radicals of the Democratic Party in today's society. I mean, they've gone so far to the left. It's so far to the left, and it's dangerous. But, and so that, but that opens the opportunity for conservatism to reach those people in that middle and actually build a – very strong network for generations to come of people who will understand what conservatism is really about and the positive effects that we have versus these socialist tyrannical run cities and their philosophy. I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy and, and optimistic about the future of our movement and what we will make America be like in the future. Now is your, what does your district cover? What exact areas in Maryland? 
Sure. So if you're familiar with Maryland, this is up and down the 95 corridor. You have okay. uh, the from the northern side, we have what's called Aberdeen Proving Grounds, which was consolidating a lot of power under Obama. They were closing down other bases and, and, and having people move there. They wanted that right. on purpose because of the, the impact that could help with the gerrymandering of this district. It goes down to Fort Meade, which is not too far from Washington, D.C. The heart of the district is where I live, and it's called Dundalk or Essex and Sparrows Point. It's a very blue-collar area, uh, a lot of conservative people. And then we go around the Beltway far away to our western side, which is Owings Mills and Pikesville. And there's a lot of more liberal and Democrat voters over there. And then they threw in areas of, of Baltimore City. We probably have about a third of the city which tend to vote Democrat as well. So you have just groups of, of, of the city and, and groups of this district that don't necessarily see eye to eye, and it's not logistically uh, close. So it's spread out all over, but it's basically the Baltimore city region. Okay, okay. And are the, are the streets in your district uh, pretty rough? I know in Cummings district they've showed them, and those are pretty rough. What, what, what's the status and on that? Yeah, so definitely in – well, I have northeast Baltimore and I have south southwest Baltimore. Southwest Baltimore butts right up against Cummings District, and that's basically an extension of what, what you see on the news where you have the rats and you have the crime, yeah. unsafe yeah. areas. The infrastructure is, is bad. I was with uh, Scott Pressler at one of the Baltimore cleanups, which was on the news. Yeah. And they, we knew here the, the corruption that goes on with the mayors. Then they had to resign. And but the one mayor, Catherine Pugh, they showed a video of her walking the streets and 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 discuss. She's like, you can smell the rats. Well, I was helping clean out uh, the city and, and working on in these yards. You could smell roaches and you could smell things coming from the ground. And you knew these just these. It was sad that there there were areas like this that were they were just used for political gain. And voting, but these areas are dilapidated, and there's a whole lot of reasons why. But the main thing is we need to stop it now and move forward and fix what 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 they have created. Absolutely, man. I, well, I love your style. I, you know, I love the way you you present yourself, and I, you know, I love everything you stand for. And let let me ask you this: what uh, what's your competition like in the primaries? So when I got in the primary, I was the first person. Uh, announced back in July. Since then, we've had uh, we've had a state senator who's from my area who actually is supportive of some liberal policies, but generally is fairly conservative. So he's a rhino. He is going. I would say he's a rhino. Yes, he's voted a couple. He's voted to give a lot of taxes away and even corporate welfare. We have um, in this area a lot of the establishment Republicans, including himself, support what's called trade points, which is owned by Steve Bashotti, who owns the Ravens, they received about five million dollars in, um, I'm sorry, five hundred million dollars in subsidies, taxpayer money coming directly from the county, the city, and and the entire United States for a logistics company. And I would tell people you know, these jobs are coming from different areas. They're they're it's regulated that they have to come from different areas, so they create bus lines and bring different people in. But why can a, a company like that? Get 500 million, but a company even like your own, you couldn't get that same subsidy. So he takes the donations from these 
massive donors who are getting massive kickbacks from us taxpayers. So th- there's that's pretty much the the competition on the on the re- Republican side. There's a few other Democrats and stuff that are running, but right now it, it's shaping up to be mano a mano, Dutch Coopersberger versus Tim Faisenbaker. And I'm sure that this is one of the 19 seats that can be flipped so we can take back this house. I love it. I love it, man. Um, so let me ask you this. What do you see as the three, three biggest problems facing your district in the first three things you would do uh, to, to fix it? That is a perfect question because I go around and I talk about these three things. The main, the number one thing is we need to put America first. We need to put American kids first. And that comes down to every city and town across this state, and especially right here. We have a problem as well with the illegal immigration, the illegal aliens coming here, and we don't have heating in our schools in some of the cities, yet they have money to take children to protest for illegal immigration. So our policies here have to start with Americans first. Number two, and it's been all over the news, we have to end the corruption. So I was just talking about one of my primary opponents and all the corporate welfare that they give away, but also you see what happens with with Cummings in the news and, and the billions of dollars that nobody knows where it goes and all the money that goes into our school system that nobody knows where that goes. We have children that can't read or write, and they're graduating high schools. And then thirdly, and these are inter- interconnected, but we need to fix our schools here. As I said, we have, I think, eight schools in, in Baltimore City where not one not one person graduating was, was efficient in reading or writing. And that goes along with jobs. Our congressmen here will not work with President Trump to bring back manufacturing jobs to this proud area, yet they will just complain the whole time and nothing ever happens. But if you don't have the proper educated kids growing up in your culture, then you don't have a proper workforce, and nobody wants to come here. So America first policies, stopping the corruption, and and properly educating our kids so that we can bring back real jobs in this district. Amen. Amen. And and let let me ask you, in your strong opinion, um, how how do you think we expose and really put put people like Cummings on the spot for years and years of corruption? How do you think we should handle it? You, well, you need to call him out for, for what he is, and you need a person like Donald Trump, um, like myself. I saw a lot of similarities when, when, when Trump came out on he's, – he's bold. It's not political correctness, but, and that's the type of person that needs to come out and just smack you right in the face and say, boom, here, answer what this, what's been going on and not tiptoe around it. You need to keep hammering away and get someone like Cummings in, in national press, Rupert Berger as well. Where's this money? And you just keep hammering, not backing away. Here in Baltimore, they protect each other like in many other cities and across this country, but you need just to keep hammering away. I've been doing that here locally for years, but when you get national press now, it really just continues to open up that wound so that you can keep shining light on it and getting these people to flip. And I will tell you, there are many communities in in this area that have always voted liberal or for Democrat that are starting to wake right. up and they come to me right. every time I'm out and, and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to switch. We're going to give you guys an opportunity. And that's, that makes me very happy. Right. And you know, you were talking about earlier. Uh, it's, I think you said, did you say the worst murder rate 
in, in America, Baltimore? Yes. Yes. The like highest, what, what are we, highest what, murder what rate are we per capita. Wow. I mean, that, that's insane. Yeah. That's probably, I mean, there's probably a handful of people that probably get killed every weekend, right? Yes. Uh, you can count on one murder a night on average. The city averages around 580,000 people living in there compared to 30, 40 years ago, we had over a million. And we've, we've, we have over 300 murders, 360 murders, or we're pushing near that every year, and it's not getting better. It continues to get worse. Jesus. Did you ever see that show, The Wire? Yes. It filmed right here in Baltimore, and it was right on. Oh, so very, yeah, very accurate. Yes. Baltimore is – now, Baltimore is still beautiful, and there are many great places in Baltimore, but there are many, probably more than – than than better that are very scary and just just not livable to most most human beings it, it needs it needs to be fixed and i think this is the time people continue to see they've had enough and it's time to give something else a change absolutely absolutely why well, I, I agree and uh you know i'm really uh really in support of what you're doing that's for sure um let's go to uh, gianni gianni i know you have some questions for the guests go ahead yeah, well, first I just wanted to state, you know, let's not be politically correct. Like he talked about, mm-hmm. the, you know, the migration to different states, and it is true in New York City right now. What's going on is they're taking the black and Hispanic, the problematic population. Let's not be politically correct about it. In mm-hmm. New York City, and what's going on is they are moving because I have a lot of families. I'm Puerto Rican. Most of my family is from Brooklyn and the Bronx, so they're moving all to Orlando. And what's going on in Orlando, I've noticed all the New Yorkers moving to Orlando are still voting the same way. And mm-hmm. I'm always shocked at why they're still voting Democrat. I mean, I really don't understand, especially in Florida. So that is something that I think the RNC or you know fundraising groups and um, uh, campaigning groups really need to watch out because, like Rory has stated, uh, the data shows that by 2024, Texas is going to be blue. So I've been noticing that, and I'm like, it's getting, that's very dangerous territory. So what's going on in New York is all the let – me, let me tell you this. All the socialists, the rich socialists and uh, the rich Democrats in the city in Manhattan, what they're doing is they might give you, you know, a kind of like, oh, you know, it's nothing politically correct answers about race, um, 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 about crime, and all this other stuff. But at the same time, behind closed doors, what they're trying to do is they're trying to push all the poor population out. If you look at Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy is the top, one of the top five safest cities in America now. If you go back 20 years, Bed-Stuy was one of the worst. But now you have a lot of rich people that's moving in, so they know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to get the population that they believe uh, are contributing crime to the, to the city, and they're pushing them out. And then they're moving to Florida. They're moving to North Carolina. Um, and, and some are moving to Arizona. I know a lot of New Yorkers from Staten Island, Italian people, that have moved to Arizona and have moved to uh, uh, Texas. But I think um, one, of the, one of the issues, I went to Baltimore. Me and Rory actually went to Baltimore. We saw how horrible it was, especially in Cummings District. I, I don't understand how people can keep uh, – I'm asking you this, uh, uh, sir, uh, sure. but like – I don't understand all these years. Baltimore, before I talked to older people in Baltimore, they talked about how beautiful it was. 
how great it was, especially in like the 50s, 60s, you know, era and up and, and before that. It talks about how great it was, and all of a sudden, you know, it just turns to shit. So I'm just asking, like, why do you think people keep voting the same person in in Baltimore that they know aren't doing anything for them? Um, and I have a friend, Scott Ryan Pressler. He actually came to Baltimore, and he, you know, did the whole cleanup thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't understand why they keep voting the same way. I just don't get it. I don't get it because if you go to the Cummings district, it's horrible, but people keep voting for him. So what do you think is the issue, and how could Baltimore uh, uh, change for the good, you know, on the grassroots level so that they will start voting, you know, for different uh, parties and different people? Yeah, so great observations. I was with Scott Kressler at, at one of those Baltimore cleanups, and that's where many of the local residents that are in that area came up to me, and I had met them on the campaign trail. And they said to me this was the time now that they are starting to move, and they assured me that they're, they're having the movement, but they're not saying it because they're still getting the, the slander if they, if they say they're going to vote Republican or Trump or conservative. They're still getting it from the people around them. So Baltimore used to be a great melting pot, and it was, it was prototypical of America. You, if you went down one of the main corridors, you had – you had basically Little Poland, you had Greek Town, you had Germantown, you had uh, Jewtown, you had Little Italy. These were areas that were very proud, but they all were American. And when the illegal aliens started coming here and they started breaking up those areas, you saw a lot of deterioration in those, those proud cultures, and they, it, it just it became more of a Democrat stronghold. People didn't care about their community as much like they used to when they went, when we had Little Italy and, and those communities like that. So Baltimore just became, just started deteriorating more and more. But now right. you have these generations that always grew up, and they're going to continue to vote that because that's the only way they know. But you, you, you get to a certain point, you hit that threshold where people have had enough, and they just said, I don't care right. what it is. We're, we're going to go somewhere else. I've worked with the walkaway movement and Jexit, and because we, we have a large Jewish population in, in Maryland as well that typically votes Democrat, these areas and 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 and, and Blexit and these areas, you know, I was with David Harris Jr. this past weekend, and it was a dinner with Candace Owens. We're focusing really hard on a place like Baltimore to get these communities to say, you know what, even if you don't vote Republican, don't vote for these Democrats that are entrenched power. Give a protest vote. Vote for something else. And just by doing that, that is enough for us to start the process to heal this city and to heal all the cities around this country. Amen. Amen. Wow. I love it. Thank you, guys. I love it. I love it. Um, But uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Sure. So you can find me at timfazenbaker.com, and thank you, Rory. You actually got my name right. Most people don't, but uh, it's it's very okay, easy. Okay, I'm F-A- glad. I'm glad. I wasn't sure. Thank thank God I got it right. <laughs> I was I was I was worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, but it's Tim Fazenbaker, F-A-Z-E-N-B-A-K-E-R.com. We we always can use donations and volunteers. We're going up against the machine. Also, Facebook, you can find me at Fazenbaker for Congress. And on Twitter, America One Tim Faze, F A Z E. That's my nickname. Uh, I'm all over the place, but just 
look at the website from faceandbaker.com. All my social media is there as well. And I appreciate, you know, the time to be able to speak about the issues going on across the country and here in Baltimore. Absolutely. Well, we definitely want to have you back soon. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you being with us. It uh, really is a pleasure. And I could talk to you all night. Uh, great, uh, great conversation. But, uh, but thank you so much and uh, probably get you back in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. As always, American right. Kids First. All righty, my friend. Have a good night. You too. We'll be right back, everybody, with Paul Jones, who's running for Congress in California. Stay with us. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. 
I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sider Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listed to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, still a big show left. I want to introduce our next guest, a U.S. congressional candidate from California, Paul Jones. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Very glad to be here. Absolutely, Paul. Well, your first time on the show. Uh, give us a little bit of, of a bio about yourself, like I do with all my guests. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got how you got oh. here. Obviously, you're running for Congress. Big stuff going on. <laughs> um, you know, my, I, I did a biography that's a completely un, uh, not the standard format that candidates do. Okay. I, I pretty much it. put mine together. <laughs> Because I'm not a politician, you know. Everyone thinks that Trump uh, is not a politician. Wait until they get a load of me. Um, I love it because I'm 100%. I'm 100% behind him. You know, I'm born in Chicago. My parents are originally from Tennessee, and I come from parents that were married for 65 years, which is something (laughs) I'd certainly like to accomplish. Uh, So, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, ended up in the Marine Corps uh, at the age of 17 out of high school with uh, seven other guys. We we had that choice back then when, a, when the Marine Corps recruiter in the back of the juvenile court or the gentleman in the front with a badge. Um, that So by that, the end of the day, that day, I, we were all eight of us standing on the yellow footprints in San Diego, California for boot camp. Go through boot camp, go through infantry training, jungle school, and then 22 months in Vietnam. So... It's a long one. And uh, came back here, couldn't find a job, uh, finally found one, uh, got laid off, lost my apartment, living in my car. Uh, the car was towed away before expired tags. Uh, and I ended up on the streets. You know, So coming from the streets and gradually building my way back up, I've got. A, I, I think I believe I have a better grasp of, of what's going on locally with the people that I talk to. You know, and what I'm what I'm trying to get people to understand is why are you continually voting Democratic. And we're sitting in a situation where the 75% of people are are being ruled by 25% of the liberals, and it's, it, that has to stop. But I'm sorry, I got off off subject. <laughs> and I did studio transportation for almost 20 years, and then I got into uh, as an instructor because I was studying computers and taught. Uh, I taught <laughs> kindergarten through fifth grade computer skills, and an offer was made to work for the community center in Carson, so I started teaching uh, computer skills to senior citizens. That was a blast, I got to tell you. Um, fought a number of years. I've, I have been fighting for a number of years for veterans' uh, health care because uh, I'm one of their victims. So it all means a lot to me, you know, to make sure that the veterans are taken care of, which they're not right now. I mean, it's just it's, – it's a bad situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm loving your story. Continue. Uh, you know, with me, it's uh, – you know, I started studying everyone's biography, um, and coming from the streets, you know, I'm even though I have some college, uh, which I dropped out, um, I was having a lot of 
I was having a lot of nightmares back then, and a lot with most of the. When, when, when I came back in 1969. I had come back from Vietnam from doing 22 months, and uh, I I couldn't understand it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. It, I I couldn't grasp why going into the military, going to into combat, coming home. You know, we're spit on. We're screamed at. We're you know, just everything you could possibly get into, you know, and it was, it was not pleasant. It was not great. Um, you know, they, everyone says to you, uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a rough neighborhood. I spent my 18th birthday arriving in Vietnam. That's where I grew up. Uh, I'm the last of the eight that left uh, but when I came back in 1969, it was a very hostile, very unforgiving situation all around. Um, it was just something that just about did me in. Um, I bought an old Triumph motorcycle, got on that, drove across the United States, ended up in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, that's where I went to college for a couple of years there. It's where I'm at right but, now. <laughs> I love it there. God. Well, the funny thing yeah, I love it. Man. Really... It's the best place to live. I love it. I love it. It's paradise. Oh, I did. I used to be able when, when you can stand on one side of the street and watch it raining on the other side. It was yeah. always a kick for me. It was just, <laughs> but I love it. And like we used to go tubing down the Verde. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I love, you know, I love it. I really do love it. Um, continue though. I'm, I'm loving this. As you were saying though, you lived in Phoenix. Yeah, you know, I lived in Phoenix, um, still having an enormous amount of problems with with nightmares. Uh, just, and it's and it's what I think people need to understand. It's not just you carry it with you for life. I mean, I spent fifty years blaming <laughs> blaming God for everything that happened to me. Everything. Um, I, I've learned. I mean, I've spent. <sighs> I ended up, and I'll be honest, you know, because I know when, when you're in politics, everyone's going to know what you've done in your past. I was one of those Vietnam vets that back in 69, you know, all they were feeding us was uh, antipsychotic drugs and uh, sleeping pills. You know, you're having nightmares. Let me give you some sleeping pills. And one night I just sat down on the bed and I took the whole bottle. And I didn't die. So, of course, I'm angry at God because I'm thinking, okay, everything that's ever been said to people like us back then, um, I am all those things. You know, I was called a baby killer and, and all these ridiculous things that I never did. But I began to believe it. And that's the biggest problem with veterans now. You come back, you've got this psychological effect you're trying to fit in, but nothing's fitting. You can't you really can't let go of what went on. You can't forget it uh, because you stuff it in the back of your mind and eventually it comes forward. Well, for me, it did, you know, and uh, thank, you know, thanks to all of that, uh, I ended up people coming and helping me, which we don't have right now. Um, one of the, you know, one of the other candidates here in California, you know, it's a question with us of, of just getting a bigger paddle, you know, trying to, to get upstream through this blue swamp here. And right. we're getting there. 
we're getting there. Yeah, I mean, it, you know what? Um, so what what area are you running in? I'm running in District 38, which uh, is against Linda Sanchez. She's the incumbent, uh, you know, which covers Lakewood and Cerritos and Artesia and uh, Whittier and South Whittier, Bellflower. Uh, just I think there's 107 miles round trip. We've got 775,000 in population. Oh wow! Okay. So, and what, what's your what's your competition like? Well, Linda Sanchez is. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't consider her to be a competition. Uh, you know, all these people are sitting in Congress. Uh, they all come from money. Uh, half of them are attorneys, which worries me already. I mean, they're very, very good at covering their own backsides uh, because they are attorneys. They know all the laws. They made them. That's the thing. One of the things that has got to change. And you look at all all these people that are just they're rotten to the core. That's why we've got to change all of this. It just can't continue. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And um, what what do you see as the biggest? What are the three biggest problems you see facing your area? And three things you would do on them as your first priority. I would have to say immigration. You know, it's the never-ending cost of illegal aliens. You know, I did a, uh, I did a survey of all of all days, 9/11, uh, and realized that we're spending 130 billion plus since January. You know, and you have to yeah. ask yourself, why are we paying for people that who broke into our homes? I mean, they literally, to me, you're a burglar. You have walked into my home without my permission. You know, but there's a Perhaps there is a better question of, of who are these people who have decided to, to become gods to demand that the 75% of us continue to pay the bills for the 25%. It does, it's not logical to me. You know, it's almost become – it was a lot laughing at it a while back, but it's not anymore. I mean, we pay for the legal fees. Well, you know, they kill an American? Hey, wait, let me – you know, I'm an attorney. Um, the taxpayers will pay. You know, I'll get you off. Or you're being given a pardon by the governor, uh, free medical, free food, clothing, um, free homes, education. We're paying for this. Why? So I'm giving you an award for, for breaking into my country. It's, it's, you know, it's the divide and conquer thing. And with, with, yeah. we're, we're basically living under a communist dictatorship by Democrat rule. Yeah, you know, yeah. Immigration, immigration is a big one. What do you see as the other two? Oh God, the other two I'm, I, is abortion. You know, I'm yeah. I'm someone who's pro-life. You know, and, and I've always been pro-life. This eight-letter word is the difference between life and death. There is no gray area, and unfortunately, one of my nightmares has been from Vietnam because I've seen death close up as a lot of veterans do. I, I held a dying child in my arms in a village because they had refused to hide weapons and rice for the enemy. So the enemy shot them all. This child died because someone else decided to play God. And abortion has become to me basically a new contraceptive. You know, take an infant after blown abortion and into a janitorial room, 
to die or, or you take their organs from an infant that is still alive to sell them on the black market. The view in my heart for these kind of things are unforgivable. But are there exceptions to the rule of life? Perhaps that has to be something that has to become between a man and God or and, and his wife. And basically it's going to be between God and, and that woman because basically she's the one who is carrying that infant. So it has right. to be between her and God. You know, if a woman is raped or incest, you know, some of the things that, how can I tell a woman, well, you've just been raped, you're going to have to carry that child. I can't do that. I cannot do that because then I'm judging her, and that's not my job. That's God's job. Right? You know, is another – molestation is my biggest thing, you know, and I have, and I have to say this. And I know I'm probably going to get in trouble, but I view molestation in the same manner as I do murder. I believe the punishment of oh, yeah. molestation to a child should be just as harsh as murder. And yeah. now that we have right. the sex, with all these Muslims that are moving into America, you know, they actually violation of our American laws. And, and Democrats simply turn away and go, oh, you know, okay, you're Muslim, go ahead. You can take a child that's nine years old and rape them and make him your wife. No, I, I, can't, I can't do that either. Right. No, I agree. I agree with you. No, you're, you, you no, and, and what's three? What do you think the third one? What's the third most important? Homeless. Homeless. Oh yeah. Bad. You know, bad. It, especially in California, you guys have about it, what? It, especially. You know? I mean, there's a third of my my whole district, which has got to cover. I've got to probably have ten thousand or more homeless in this district of 107 miles. That's a lot. You know, and I've gone out and I've talked to these people, you know, because we have that we once had that thing in common where I, I know basically, even though it was all those years ago, of what it's like to be right. homeless. Right. And you, you just you look in their eyes, you know, of many of these people, they just they're just not there anymore. They they've lost their dignity as I, as I did. But. There's, there are just so many that they can't dig out of the hole that they're in. You know, but one of the other candidates you know, that I talked to, which is Chris Ingalls, came out with his own um, plan or program to help the homeless. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not – the candidates here in California, we've, we've more or less come together as a family, which is something that we have to do in order to survive the onslaught of the Democrats. Right. So we help no. one another. Yeah. And that's why, you know, no, why I, I look at everyone looks at my material, I look at theirs. No, I hear you. I know it absolutely makes sense. And, uh, you know, California used to be such a beautiful place. I mean, it still is a beautiful place, but, uh, you know, it's, it's got so much problems. The problems are beyond. You know, I, I was out talking to homeless, and there was one gentleman – who had claimed this particular piece of sidewalk, you know, that yeah. this was, this was his. And Jesus. apparently I, apparently I just walked a little bit too close to his property and he got very upset. Oh my God. That's, you know, it's he, insanity. 
It is. You know, and, and my my whole fear is that I could have been like many of these people if someone had not have been there to help right. me. I would have had that deer in the headlight look of, you know, I'm not here anymore. No, I agree. And they don't I trust agree. society. They, they, yeah, they, I mean, none of these people trust us anymore. I know it, it's there's a lot of pro, there's a lot of problems. There really is, and we really need to get on the right track. Um, how, how do people get involved with your campaign? I have been one of those people that have sat in front of a keyboard and bitched, complained, moaned, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And then when I became involved in the veterans health care um, and, and trying to talk to the VA and, and getting stonewalled, I mean, I'm a disabled vet. So I have an ID card to go in there. And right. when I go in there, I go in there now just to talk to the other people because the VA almost killed me. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, Jesus I, for five years, the VA tells me you have you have uh, an ulcer and you have a blood disorder. Five years later, I end up in an ER thinking I'm having a heart attack when in actuality it turns to be pancreatitis. By the time I'm yeah. done it in a civilian hospital, I'm, the doctor looks at my wife and, and says, well, um, he doesn't have an ulcer. He has pancreatitis. He's not having a heart attack. So for five years, and, and I'm asked at that time, how much alcohol did you drink? I don't drink. I don't smoke. But because of the medications that the VA was handing me at that time, I ended up with pancreatitis. Jesus Christ. So that's, how, that's why I have fought so hard. But it comes to a point of where you realize that no matter how many people I fight, no matter how many times I talk to attorneys, no matter how many times I, I send letters and calls and everything else to the, right. to the Veterans Administration, it goes nowhere. That's, oh, that yeah. was my biggest it, motivation. It, it's, defi- for- it's, definitely, it's definitely a broken system. Uh, I do got to let you go, though. Um, can you tell everybody where they can contact you and get involved with your campaign? Love to. It's Paul, uh, Paul Jones Ford, the number four, congress.com. Um, you'll also find me on Twitter, um, Facebook. <laughs> I think I cover just about all of the social media. Perfect. But I'm well, here, Paul, I we'll def- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry? So what were you saying? Oh, I just letting everyone know, you know, that I am on all the social media. Okay, perfect. We'll definitely have you back in the in the in the next couple of weeks. I appreciate that. Thank right, you very, thank very you, much. My Absolutely. A pleasure, thank definitely. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Let's go to Mike Peters. I haven't heard from you tonight. Go ahead. You have some thoughts about the show so far? It, yeah, it's it's been a great show. Very, very interesting. And uh, and it's a good cross-section. But the same thing that I hear again and again is how the Democrats, they just keep getting voted back in and how we're not getting our message across and the, the voters are not understanding who they're actually voting in. They, they're not getting the message. They're not opening their eyes and seeing who these people are that they keep reelecting and also how the cancer spreads state to state. And we've seen it. We've seen it in all of our states. It's happening everywhere. 
I mean, here in New York, forget it. it. It happens all the time. It's almost like there's a main office or something, a clearinghouse for the Democrats and the liberals. Is that how it works? Okay, you know what? Uh, look, here, here's your paperwork. You're going to go to Wyoming, and you're going you're gonna to move in, and you're going to go in that district, and you're going to run here. Hey, Freddie, you're, you're going to Arizona. And there's a, it's like, what is going on? And, but they do it, and they do it nonstop, and they succeed. I, I, I just, I don't, it's bewildering. I don't understand it. So maybe we're not getting the message out. Maybe we're not doing the right job of, of exposing them. And I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that Trump really takes the gloves off. I don't think he's taking the gloves off enough. And really embarrasses the shit out of them to the point that these Democrats or liberals, progressives will be embarrassed to admit who they are and what their platform is. I, I, I'm, that's yeah. the only thing that I can think of that will shut them down. Well, Mike, I, you know, it's like we can't reason with these people. I mean, they will, they, you know, are, everything they say pretty much is dishonest. Everything they, you know, do is about power for them. It, I mean, they don't, they don't give a shit, excuse my language, about their constituents. It's all about, you know, who if they can be on offense and if they can, you know, get something that's going to help, you know, their own situation. It's very selfish. Rory, you know, you know, I'm, I'm still out on Cape Cod. We're still on vacation out here. And yeah. uh, I'm going to be here until Sunday. And you know what yeah. Cape Cod's, I mean, the Kennedy compound, the Kennedy's liberal land. Mark oh, my God. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you what, and I'm pretty open about who I am and what my beliefs are. And you can tell by even the hat that I wear and everything else, where I stand. I'm Second Amendment. It's Okay, well, you know how many people, when, when I, I pull my game, at the when I cash out, you know, oh, look, your computer terminal, it's all written in Cyrillic. I guess the Russians have to, we got to call Mueller quick. And you know how many people in the QT that I don't even know said, you know, I'm also a Trump supporter, but I have to keep it quiet because if they knew, what? I'm looking at our side, embarrassed to even admit that no, it should be the other way around. They're embarrassed to admit that they're supporting Trump. I think they're they're in for a hell of a surprise. That with this Trump coming election, I think the the Democrats are going to get they're going to get smashed, and they're going to sit back that, and what happened? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree yeah. with you one hundred percent. But isn't that so wrong? How people in society yes. have to be scared have to be scared about saying they yes. support Trump. Isn't it, it insane? But if you're a yes, Democrat, you say you, if you're a Democrat and you say you support Obama, it, nobody cares. But if you're a Republican and you say you like Trump, everybody that doesn't agree flips out. It's like it's not even a free country. It's just something is. It's I don't I don't I, there are, maybe there are too many things wrong, too many aspects of life that they've given us the fundamental change. That it's it's a lot. There are so many wildfires that we don't know where to start to put them out to get back in control, and not get back in control to get the country back on the right path. Not us controlling it to get the country working and functioning again the way it was created, the way it was supposed to be. I I don't know. It's bizarre. It really is. It's like a science fiction episode. Well, I got people telling me I'm, I'm also a Trump supporter, but I, I can't say anything because yeah, it's oh my god. And so this yeah. is we're talking in liberal areas. In the rest of the country, no. People are proud of it. They don't give a shit. They're going to wear the hat. 
But in places like this, New York City, any major city, Los Angeles or anything else, wherever the liberals are entrenched, the Democrats are hiding, the Republicans are hiding. They don't want their feelings known. And that, that is, you're right, it's wrong. It it's is. It's not the way it, it used to work. Well, and people have to worry about their job. People have to worry about yep. their, you know, if they're a Republican, they have to worry about their reputation because of who they support. I mean, it's just, it's silly and it's scary. I mean, and it's, it's very sad, too. It, it's, I, yeah. I just can't even, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, on one of the Facebook pages, they were complaining because uh, a statue of an angel in front of a, a church, that the church had painted the statue. And, and they said, you know, the liberals came in and they were all saying, well, there's different concepts and we have to be conceptual. And, and well, they painted it. And so I came in and shut all of them up. And I posted on there. I said, um, you know, I'm just glad that they didn't chisel the face off it and turn it into general, gender neutral. And I said, uh, and then everybody shut up. They didn't know what to say. I love their faces. But do it nicely, because then that freaked them out. You know? Yeah, no, I Gender neutral angels. (laughs) Yeah. You know, okay. So, uh, you know, they've given us so much, so much shit. What have they done to build this country? Nothing. It really is. It's ridiculous. No, yeah, yeah. Topher, we got go a ahead. lot to get back. Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. October, go ahead. Sorry, hey, uh, man, you've had a extremely live uh, showing tonight. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on this uh, college forgiveness uh, uh, thing. <clears throat> I got a couple of uh, issues with that. One. If I paid off my college loans, does that mean I get reparations? Right. Exactly. That's what I want. And I, uh, and I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking these people, these Democrats, who's going to pay for it? Oh yeah, free, free, free. Yeah. Oh, the taxpayers. It's ridiculous. Uh, that, no, the one percent is what they're saying. Look, that that myth has been proven and busted so many times. Okay, my wife is in college right now, and this is exactly what happens. You graduate high school. Mom and dad say, get a job or go to college. So what do you do? You go to you go to college. Because there's a lot of people that are in her class that in one of her classes that she saw in the first couple of days, and then she sees them on campus, but they're never in the class. Yeah. They're only there because mom and dad said it. So if you have to pay for it, yeah. you're going to value that a lot more, one. <clears throat> and two, uh, I used to work uh, with this guy that was from Lebanon. I did his air conditioning, and um, he had a couple of kebab um, on uh, Middle Eastern food places, and he told me that he owned a couple back in Lebanon. <clears throat> and you know who he has working for him, who he has uh, scrubbing the floors, mopping the floors, sweeping the floors, cooking food and serving the food, doctors and lawyers and engineers because they have free college there. So everybody's a doctor and a lawyer and an engineer. But when you don't need that many doctors, lawyers, and engineers, doctors, lawyers, and engineers serve food, you know, and that's exactly what's going to happen. <clears throat> you know, I mean, you can, you're, you're going to be a doctorate, and I hope you learned in med school how to say, would you like fries with that? Because that's exactly what's going to happen. It's just ridiculous. Nobody's going to value that education anymore. Um, but if it's a way for me to get reparations, then I'm cool with that. Hey, cool. No. <laughs> it's just it's, the, the things that the left is coming out with is just so ridiculous. They're going to tax us 70 to 75% to get their if, – if they and they're not going to get their way. I, it's, it's like a Hail Mary pass is what they're doing, you know? The whole – 
inquiry in, uh, on, on impeachment with Trump is just smoke and fire. It's smoke and mirrors. They're not going to be able to do anything. Their last-ditch efforts, they're basically has been who haven't realized it yet. It's horrible. And I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, these uh, Cummings and, and uh, what's that lady? Uh, the, the, the girl that was on, she used to be on Tales from the Crypt. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Um, being in that position for so many years, there's got to be a time limit. And it, in order to exceed the time limit, you have to show proof of product. You have to be able to say, look, I did this, and it benefited it. But look at Nancy Pelosi City. Look at Eli Cummings, um, uh, or Elijah Cummings, not Eli. Elijah Cummings uh, yeah. City. They look like crap. It's horrible. I just looked up Nancy Pelosi, too. She's from Baltimore. She was actually born there. That's her father, her <laughs> kind father of sad. was the mayor. Her father was the mayor of Baltimore. Oh, my gosh. Her city, uh, her district itself, uh, San Francisco, it's, I mean, people are defecating in the streets or in the streets. People are, there's syringes all over the place. I'm from Southern California myself. I'll go back to visit, but I definitely don't want to live there anymore. It's a sanctuary state. So I'm all for people bettering themselves, but, you know, and I'm all for people bettering themselves, but not at the risk of I'm taking my wife or my son out and, we get hit by an illegal who crossed the border illegal, is driving a vehicle illegal with no insurance, no license, no registration, and he's just going to run off and go back, you know, and then come back with another name. It's, it puts us at jeopardy, you know. I mean, there's more than just the humanitarian side. There's the financial side. There's the fiscal side. There's accountability side, you know, and these Democrats are just completely overlooking it. I find it, as, as a vet myself, uh, I'm an Iraq and Afghanistan vet myself, and I find that a slap in the face to everything that we've stood for, what's taken us 200 and something years to build. They're seriously, it's like they're actively trying to make it crumble. You know, I mean, right. it's it's sad. It really you know, is. But, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, their pri- their priorities aren't straight. I, I can give you another like 30 30 seconds. What are what are your other thoughts? Go ahead. Uh, oh, de- uh, just prediction. Uh, well, all right. We need New Mexico needs to flip red. Everybody I talk to in this wonderful state, I, I've only come across a couple of people that were right. against Trump. Most of them are on the fence, and right. That's well, a I, great. That's actually a great place to be is on the fence. Well, no, I agree. That's I agree. The I do, that we I want do to talk gotta. To. I do gotta go to Todd before we run out of time. But I do right. agree with you. I think New Me- I think New Mexico will turn red. I think we will get Trump win- winning that state. I'm seriously hoping for it, man. I'm seriously hoping. All right, Rick. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Everybody, find me on Twitter, Topher Frank One. Uh, I follow all MAGA, all Patriots back, man. So hit me up on there. All right, all right. sounds good, buddy. Um, Todd McKinley, right, go ahead. Hey, Roy, I appreciate you having me on. I know you had a, a great debate. You had a lot of great candidates on here tonight, too. I tell you, Yo, give us some uh, of your the thoughts. guy running. Do you have any thoughts? Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. The guy running in Maryland, I've got to tell you, I think he's got a great shot at it. Uh, the Vietnam veteran running in California, you know, heck, this guy's got so much experience. I mean, 
uh, people would be crazy enough to give this guy a shot. I mean, unbelievable. They have great ideas, great thoughts on how to re- revamp their cities, revamp their states. Uh, you know, people got to watch out out there. I mean, the Democrats have been playing this le- the Lessie Lucy game for way too long, and I think it's about time that you know great Republicans stand up and finally you know uh, push it down the throat and, and uh, take back these districts, take back these states, take back the country. And I think with good folks out there running that are going to finally say enough of it, uh, you know, in the wake of Donald Trump, if you will, they're going to kind of follow in his footsteps, ride those coattails, uh, and help make the country great again. And I think it's about time that we uh, all get on board with that. Uh, but if anybody wants to follow me, at Todd for House, T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-E. Uh, also, the website toddforhouse.com. I'd appreciate anybody following me. If you want to donate, by all means, it would help us in our uh, bid as we move forward in our exploratory phase. Uh, you know, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. Uh, as long as you're a, r- a real person, not, not a nutter out there, uh, I'd love to have great conversations with folks. If you have any thoughts, ideas, you know, I'll take any great idea and run with it. Absolutely. And Todd, before you go, just want to ask you 30 seconds. Um, what do you think we need to do to get rid of this corruption? The people like Maxine Waters, the people like Cummings, because uh, you, you, you've been heavily involved with DC and you know these people quite well. What do you think oh, we yeah. need to do? Uh, well, there's a lot of good folks that are out there running against these folks. It's just a matter of getting behind them, giving them the support that they need. You know, not all, not only donations, but you know, show up and, and, and volunteer for their campaigns, uh, knock doors for them. You know, help help make phone calls. You know, I think a lot of times if you go out and touch a voter, you know, face to face and talk to them about why you're voting for a certain person, I think it'll go a long way in swaying other voters. You know, and also tell them how Maxine, uh, as an example, you know, how they failed you for so many years. And how she doesn't even live in her own district that she represents. And, and look at the community she lives in and look at the community she represents. She lives in a nice gated community uh, and, and behind, behind a nice gated, uh, you know, and, and, and a mansion, if you will. Uh, and, you know, she, she doesn't represent the people who, who live in her district. I mean, she lives well, well above what they live. Uh, you know, re- elect somebody who's actually lives from that district, who's from that district. And I know there's a Navy veteran out there who's running. Uh, in, in her district. So take a look at these folks that are out there. There's good candidates out there. Just go out and talk to them and, and reach out to them. I hope that they answer your questions. I know if people send me emails, you know, I have no problem answering them back. You know, same thing with the uh, whenever we're actually up and running and, uh, and we get up uh, to full speed, I'll have a phone number that's out there. People can call me and I actually take phone calls on a regular basis. Uh, you know, there's great people that are out there across this country and, uh, you know, they need your support. Uh, and without it, you know, right. they're going to go nowhere, and, and you're going to be complaining about the same stuff next year. Absolutely. Todd, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, have a great night, my friend. Thank you. God bless you, Rory. All righty. God bless you, too. All right, everybody. It's uh, It's been a real fantastic show tonight. I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite something. You are all incredible. Thank you all for the support. Um, we have another big show on Thursday. Uh, please, please visit my website, my media site for 24 seven breaking news coverage and past clips and past episodes. The next NEX gen G E N USA.com. Also remember it will be coming out with the brand new 24-7 network in the next month or so. Um, many notable names doing their own shows. And to everybody that doesn't know, you can also find me 
just just to be clear, you'll find me three days a week on the internet shows, two-hour shows, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And you'll also find me on Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, on KFNX 1100 in your car, AM radio. So keep that on your schedule. Um, I love you all. And I uh, will have more announcements coming on Thursday, so stay tuned, and I will see you soon, everybody. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. Much love. Cheers, everybody.